Today on our Tech for Business podcast, Kyle, our CEO and president, and Todd, our COO and CISO, are joined by some new voices, uh, Scale Computing's own Robbie, their regional sales manager, and Alex, their senior solutions architect. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for taking time to be with us today. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. So just a quick review for our audience. Last week, we spoke a little bit about some changes coming down the line for VMware. So this week, we want to spotlight some alternatives, which brings us to scale computing. So I'm going to quick just throw it to Robbie and Alex. For someone who is not very technical and does not work, you know, deeply with this technology, could you give us a really quick like elevator pitch of who is scale computing and what is setting you apart from the other alternatives we might see? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in short, scale computing is virtualization made easy. Uh, we've been around for over a decade being a VMware alternative. And in essence, what we do is we take away the puzzle piece of servers, from one vendor, storage from another vendor, and then the hypervisor, the, the popular one being VMware, and putting that into one easy to use, highly available, easy to manage data center. So, and I'll kind of bring maybe Kyle and Todd into this a little bit more, being in a lot of those customer conversations. What are these big questions and concerns you're getting, especially right now when people are looking for a new solution? And can, I'll kind of open it up to anybody. Sure. I, I can jump in on the initial side. So again, as you're looking at the change in landscape, as you got the hypervisor is, is a key part because it's what's running the majority of your production servers at this point. So a shift in any change on that supplier represents a, a potential, you know, cost or risk concern to the to the business running that hypervisor. So, hence changes at VMware leads us to a lot of smiling faces at scale <laughs> computer side because there's opportunity there because there's a change in the landscape. Um, but you know, I, I can attest CIT is a partner of Scale Computing, but we're also a customer of Scale Computing, and we've been on their platform for. Oh gosh, almost five years now, at least, um, side of it. So, I mean, we did move from the VMware hypervisor to the scale uh, platform um, quite a number of years ago, side of that, and been the recipient and when witnessed and 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 chose to represent it to our customer base, you know, strongly because of that, because it does work incredibly well and it's incredibly simple. Um, so it does check all those boxes, as Robbie was alluding to, and and makes it a, a much more you know unified and you know that single vendor approach is very attractive with with the offering side with it and these changes at VMware now you know I think even bring it even more to light side of some of the you know having a separate software hypervisor versus the hardware side of that you know where that challenge now introduced itself in in the marketplace with that added complexity versus a single vendor and I think you hit on a a big point that we're hearing a lot from customers uh, who are looking for an alternative mm -hmm. is, you know, a big piece with scale is we've been around for a while and we've been a stable company for a long time. You know, uh, a lot of folks are kind of researching again, what else is out there and it, it, it brings them comfort knowing that we've been doing this again since, you know, 2008. Now, obviously we've made a lot of, 
feature sets and a lot of adjustments, but uh, the story's been the same, right? Ease of use, focus on what drives your business forward, you know, not not the infrastructure. So I, I think that's one of the biggest pieces uh, being, you know, the Indianapolis Midwest headquarter. That's where our entire support resides. Uh, and being that company, you know, that's been doing it for a while and you're not taking a leap of faith onto something that just came about because VMware uh, and Broadcom. For sure. So Alex, being our, you know, solutions architect, uh, what, if you can dive a little bit into the the tech side of it, um, what would our transition look like? I mean, is there a huge technical lift when people are making these big changes? Is there a lot of training that they're going to need? What What is this going to look like for businesses? I, I, I mean, honestly, for the longest time, we would, you know, part of the sales pitch was it's set it and forget it. Um, you know, your first 90 days when you're doing your migrations, which are near zero downtime, um, yeah, you're, you're going to be talking, using the interface a lot, but really once everything's up and running, our customers rarely log in. Uh, when I was in support, our two biggest call drivers were, hey, we had a hard drive fail. And the second was, I forgot how to do this because I haven't logged in in a month or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it's it's a very minimal learning curve. And the, the simplicity is designed to especially reflect that, you know, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We know it works and we want to simplify and free up the uh, the sysadmins to work on other aspects of their infrastructure. Yeah. At the beginning of, of the conversation, Robbie had mentioned how it's really kind of designed to be an all-inclusive solution set. Do you want to touch on that a real briefly on what that typically looks like? Is it new hardware? It's a new SAN? What exactly is involved with that? Is that, is that for... Yeah, was that me or <laughs> Let her rip. I don't care. Whoever, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we we would be replacing, you know, the servers and the SAN um, and the hypervisor into one appliance. It's direct attached storage, so it makes it very efficient. But, yeah, a good, a good project for us typically would be, hey, Robbie, we're looking at scale. You know, we, we have some servers that are coming up on refresh. Uh, we have a SAN that's maybe coming up on end of life or and uh, the VMware renewal coming up. You know, typically it's not all of those at once, you know, a true forklift. A lot of the times it, I would say it's two of the three to where they either have their servers are, are ready for refresh and then next year is maybe the storage or the year after. Um, but as long as two of those three, the hypervisor renewal, the server host refresh or the storage refresh, that's really a good time, uh, you know, to start looking at or, you know, to show value in a true appliance that is scale. Um, you know, it can be difficult when you just invested uh, in new hardware recently. Uh, that's why it is nice to have, you know, what two of those three to where you're kind of in the middle of, hey, what do the next five years look like? Because if I go down this host route, um, you know, you're kind of dictating, okay, I'm stuck in this traditional mindset for the next five years. So it's really getting the customer to zoom out and say, you know, before I replace my storage or before I replace my hosts, where do I want to be in the future? Right. And we can now help them have those conversations. We're very used to it um, because not every customer is looking at a complete forklift. You know, some of them have that spread out and we're very much used to that conversation. One of the things I always liked about the um, the offering, I think one of the strong value sides is it, and again, it's testament to the name side, is just the ability to just add nodes 
to that and immediately just have it automatically just scale out again and you're adding storage compute and and the whole game with that even as hardware refreshes you mentioned on that life cycle management side of that as you cycle out you know the ability to just plug in the newer models and and newer uh, modern storage and as as that continues to evolve over there that you know that even that migration side is an upgrade path is 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 simple and greatly simplified versus the traditional side because we dealt with decades of you know at sand vendors have kind of they they tend to rise they get acquired and then it's another sand vendor that has you know it's kind of the up and comer and we use that and then we go to the next one so went through multiple vendors that were kind of the go-to storage vendor sides and they were always different, you know, and they always went through those. So you had to learn and get certified on the sand storage. You had to learn and get certified on that mm-hmm. side. And then you had to learn and keep up with VMware software side of that. And then you'd plug in the making the, sure they're all in the same compatibility for upgrade. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it is a real breath of fresh air from that set, but that it is just, it's just one. And the ability to add and build on to that side of it is, uh, is is where that 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 hyperconverged approach is is so great, you know, just because it eliminates a lot of that extra work and lifting that you have to do under the old traditional model. Um, you know, those worked well; they work great. But again, it's for many many of our customers, and, and I'd include ourselves even into that side. You, you want to do your job to service your customers, not always working like having to go learn all these different. Um, you know, compl- complicated um, new technologies from all of these different vendors and everything else. So it is a, uh, it it just gets you working much faster, and you don't and you don't have to have a lot of late nights upgrading, burning, uh, spending weekends in a data center trying to upload those. That's Alex's pitch there. Yep. <laughs> give, give their nights and weekends back. Yeah, yeah, and it's true. I mean, we hear it, we see it on Gartner. You know, all the trust radius, all the third-party reviews, you know, were, were reviewed a ton and were highly reviewed. And the biggest ones are, you're giving me my nights and weekends back. You know, I can focus on security. I can focus on stuff to actually drive the business forward. And I can get my head out of the plumbing, if you will. We had uh, we did have one customer say that uh, after 20 years in IT, after he got scale in the environment, that was the first year he took a uh, vacation without bringing his laptop. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's very relatable in this field. I feel like I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, so last week we spoke a little bit about, you know, with changes coming and it being the beginning of the year, you know, it's January, everybody's sitting down, everybody's thinking about what is this next year, three years, five years going to look like uh, when thinking about a different solution um, like scale what should be top of mind for businesses? What should they really be considering? What should they be looking at? How do they really decide if this is right for them? Yeah, you know, the big one we always hear about is cloud, you know, and cloud's great. You know, cloud should be served. There there are absolutely a lot of workloads to where cloud's a good place to go. O365, you know, um, but we're always constantly in this, conversation with customers about what should be on-prem. What would you like to maintain, whether it's a performance reason, security reason, you know, and there's a way to do a hybrid. There's a way to do both. Um, What we kind of say with scale, and again, we keep talking about simplicity, but a lot of the executives, 
you know, because it's typically the executive that wants to go cloud and the IT director kind of understands that, hey, I know what the cloud is and, you know, some stuff should go there and other stuff shouldn't. But we kind of position ourselves as, you know, they want to go cloud because they think if it's out of their building, it's out of their mind, you know, and what scale can do is give you those same benefits, the ease of use, you know, get out of the, again, get out of the infrastructure, but keep it on prem so you can have that security. So you can have that performance latency, things like that. Um, so we always see that as an ever, it's like a circle, you know, cloud comes back around, you know, and then they come back a, a few weeks later and say, Hey, we tried it out. You know, yeah, a few workloads were good up there, but we really need to right size our hybrid approach. So I think that's a big one that always seems to come up, uh, especially at the executive level, because their executive friends are always using that buzz term cloud. And they don't always know what exactly it means, you know. <laughs> do you see that, Kyle? And yeah, and Todd, do you see that in those conversations? Yes and no. I, one of our favorite <laughs> phrases is it depends. I, I thought it was kind of funny when you mentioned it because one of the last conversations I had was it was the executive that was saying no to cloud. Um, oh. <clears throat> and, and the rest of the org is like, yes, we can move to Office 365. And he, he's saying, please tell me why, because I'm not comfortable with that. And it was a security concern for the vast majority mm -hmm. of the their, their concerns. Uh, I think you're 100% right. When it comes to what it looks like, there's a lot of people that, I, I smirked at this too, you, for, it was a, for those of you that don't have cameras or are not watching on YouTube, um, when you throw it to the cloud, if you will, it's not my problem anymore, right? Which is definitely not true in the cybersecurity world. But but that is kind of the thought process of that. That's off my premise. I don't have to worry about patches and updates and that patch window. So um, there were a couple of things that I wanted to touch on as you were kind of running through that. One is what does that look like when it goes through that patch window? We do have a lot of people that are in the, if you will, void that's coming from the VMware where we're looking at that SMB market, the small and medium sized businesses where it looks like VMware for all intents and purposes, this is overstating it, but it, it feels at this moment like they're somewhat abandoning that market. And that's an area where I think scale kind of kind of comes in. And I know I probably had about four questions in there simultaneously. So any order you <laughs> want to take them, go for it. But but I think one is if I were to start is what would make people feel good about you're not left behind, there are options. Two is what does the security aspect look like? Um, a great example here is Speaking of VMware, I, I am in cybersecurity. We run a ton of vulnerability scans. The uh, the frequency that I see ESXi hosts unpatched is painful, and the vast majority of the reasoning is because of the patch window, et cetera. So there's a couple things that you can kind of tackle in order there, if you don't mind. Yeah, Alex, you want to take the security one? You know, I think that comes down to being a stack owner, which is huge for us from the security and patches part. But I'll let you touch on uh, how our you know software-defined layer is a little bit unique compared to others out there? For sure. Uh, one of the biggest benefits is that, you know, we don't share out storage. We don't connect to third-party storage uh, because that would um, open up an attacker to compromise the entire storage pool. As it stands right now, yeah, you can compromise a VM on the cluster, but just that one VM is gone. You're not going to take out the whole storage pool through that one VM. Uh, and with our built-in snapshotting capability, recovering that VM takes maybe couple minutes, if that. It's a very rapid recovery. Um, we also, we do disable SSH on the physical hosts. 95% of what you're going to do is in front of a web GUI anyway. So we've eliminated that attack surface as well. 
Um, if they do, do need to get under the hood, they can, you know, do keyboard monitor, but really it's designed to have our support team, which is available 24 seven and can answer a phone within 10 seconds on average. Um, they can tunnel into the cluster and take care of any of the really, I don't want to say hard work, but all that, all that extra stuff so that the, the customer, the end user, they can focus more on what really matters to them and their organization. Great. I think the other question you had, Todd, maybe correct me, was um, companies and, and industries and businesses of a certain size, especially not currently feeling left behind because yeah, of not, the changes. Not an enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so for the folks feeling left behind, you know, that the lean IT is where we pride ourselves, you know, and and I think you said that great. You know, it's hard to say is it SMB, you know, is it mid market, is it uh what's the other one? Uh sub enterprise. Uh really where we have been playing since we started is that lean IT. You know, I would say anyone from you know 10 people and under that handle the infrastructure, and the lower that number the more value you see in scale. Uh, when we founded this thing in 2012, the hyperconverged market, it was meant for the SMB. You know, the whole idea of uh, virtualization really started attacking the Fortune 500 initially. VMware was really prominent in the Fortune 500, a great product, obviously. Uh, and then it started going down to the mid-market. And the mid-market adapted it because, you know, it has a lot of advantages, but it also layered, it put in a layer of complexity. You're just introducing... Like we talked about, another vendor, another contract, um, your updates, things like that. So our founders said, you know, there's got to be an easier way to virtualize. I mean, that's how we started. The tagline was virtualization made easy. Uh, we've since dropped that since most folks are virtual instead of physical, but that's still who we are at the core. Um, now, we have also spread into what we call distributed enterprise, but it's the same use case. You know, all of that is, is we have a customer who's got 10 locations, 20 locations, 100 locations, but they've got no one at IT out at that warehouse or out at that retail store. You know, so the use case is very much the same, just kind of blown up a little bit. So, you know, the folks that are left behind, you know, we've been here. Uh, they're starting to hear about us more because they're doing more research. But, you know, we very much uh, pride ourselves on the core being in that lean IT space. And supporting, you know, that's a big part of it. You know, we are still dealing with hardware. Uh, that's why I mentioned one of the things people love about scale is the support is in Indianapolis, Indiana, 24-7, 365, and no outsourcing whatsoever, which is music to the Lean IST staff's ear because when something's not acting right, we are dealing with hardware, they want to get answers quickly, and they want to talk to somebody um, you know, that a lot of times, especially with, you know, uh, your market in their backyard being in the Midwest. So, you know, we're not shy to say this is where uh, we really developed the solution being in that kind of, you know, we call it lean IT. Yeah, I was going to mention when you mentioned, too, about the cloud side with it, Robbie, is the, you know, that that is kind of what it feels like. It's kind of like a, your old private cloud in a box <laughs> style solution side with it because as uh, Alex mentioned, it's just a web interface to manage the thing. You literally man you log into the web, but you just it's inside your data center side. So it does deliver those those similar benefit sides of it, but you just happen to, you know, have it have it on your on-premise side with it. But it, it delivers a lot of that same value and ease of management that is so nice when you do have those servers in the cloud platforms. Cause again, you just 
click a few buttons and you you know you start spinning up servers and you're not logging in. You don't have to have some client downloaded and you don't have to go through a lot of rigmarole to to log in. You just get the web yeah. browser and you can log in and start going on the servers. So does work out uh it is very very simple to manage and gives you that same similar benefit and, and one of the things that also kind of helps us stand apart and helps with that ease of use is our autonomous infrastructure management engine uh so that's going to be self-healing and automating capabilities so if a node fails vms automatically restart it if needed if a drive fails you won't even know until you get the email alerts to say hey replace this drive uh, network trailover happens automatically through that. So th there's a lot of things we've included that still have that, you know, still check all those boxes for HA and other requirements that they need, uh, but you don't have to configure that. You don't have to mess with it. It's just, it's set up and ready to go. Just plug in the cables and uh, you know, like you said, you're plugging the cables and you can go. Yeah, and again, for the customer hat side of it, I I like the fact it wasn't a lot of extra license either. It's just, it's not like you have to go to certain license levels to get those functionalities, which is nice. Yeah, people love that. I mean, not having the enterprise or the standard, you know, um, not only that, with the update process, we give out those latest and greatest feature sets to the customers with, you know, the security patches and firmware upgrades, whatever there might be. Yeah. Um, I don't Gary, I'm just going to jump in. I want that we're kind of on the end, but I think one area to kind of discuss is the, if a customer likes to go from VMware to, to the scale platform side, what does the migration look like? You know, that's kind of the end that you know, mm -hmm. what what kind of what kind of lift does it does it look like? And I don't want to do it injustice side. I think it's probably a good subject for Alex. I involved approaches taking because I know it's it's it, you know where it's at. But I think it's that's the question I think a lot of people have. You say I like the idea, I like the concept, but what kind of what what kind of work am I looking to get there? Alex, you want to take that one? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so as far as like migrating goes, um, there's a couple different methods. Uh, the one we do probably 95% of the time um, is we're, we're using a tool from Carbonite. Um, it's it's uh, their move tool. It's agent-based. So we can do, obviously, VMware has been really popular lately, but you know any hypervisor, physical, cloud-based, we're going to tunnel directly to the guest OS. So it doesn't matter where it's running. Um, that does block-level replication on the fly. So you can kick off your domain controller, your SQL server, your Exchange server, if that's still on-prem. You can kick that off without any downtime. That um, It will sync between a source and a target VM on the cluster. Uh, and once that sync is finished, it keeps sending over changed data uh, until the end user or somebody tells it to fail over. Uh, what's nice about this is they just push a button, but that such, shuts down the source. It reboots a target VM on the cluster. And when that target comes up, it's got the source's host name, IP address. It's on the domain if it wasn't before. It looks like the original machine, just we know it's now running on the cluster. Uh, if there are any issues, uh, our, we have full support for that. And the customer just needs to power on their source and they're back in business. So if there are any post failover issues, uh, they don't have to tolerate downtime. Yeah, I would yeah. say we've used that as well. Um, and gone through those sides on it, and um, and we've, we've had success. We've had challenges. You can run into those sides again, but it works. It works really well, as Alex said, to get get through that side of it. And we've also, I know, from our sake, has tried to pair those with, say, going from a server twenty twelve to, you know, to doing the upgrade to the to the new server and and just doing a, a fresh migrate too as well. And that's been an approach we've used a lot. Yeah, there's import-export functionality built into. We like to do the one that has you know, uh, near zero downtime, but 
like you said, if you know you can tolerate downtime and you just wanted to import export a v a VMN, that's built into the user interface as well. Um, another part I would say, you know, that we really uh, come a long way with, especially over the last couple of years, due to the volume of VMware folks, is our support team is there to make sure that it's a successful implementation. Uh, you know, we're we're not a huge marketing engine. I'm on the sales end. I wish we did a little bit more marketing. This is obviously <laughs> good, this is obviously a good start here. Yeah. Um, but we really pride ourselves, and we've grown through amazing partners like CIT. Uh, and word of mouth of customers, you know, that very organically grown. We've got over 15,000 cu uh, clusters in North America, which is just over 5,000 customers. So, and we totally get it. You know, you're used to one solution. You're moving over to something new. You want to make sure you're comfortable. And we share that. So I, I do want to reassure that. And you can even go online and, and read some of the reviews that we really pride ourselves on making sure the liftoff is as successful as possible as well. That's great. So I think we could really go into a deep dive in the future, um, but just in the sake of time, I've got a, a closing question and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll throw it to Alex first, um, but I'd love to hear everyone's uh, thoughts on it because we've talked about the here and the now and the practical advice, but I am really curious where you specifically think this technology is going, five. 10 years, 15 years down the road, what is this going to look like? Question. You can think about uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> I might need a minute. Um, I, I honestly, I see us keep just going down the same path we have. Um, we've really seen a lot of success with the edge deployments, uh, you know, being able to spit on such a small form factor uh, and still provide high availability for, you know, manufacturing or, you know, these robo sites where they have 10 people, uh, but they still need local workloads. Um, that's been a, a big, big success for us. So I, I see us going down that path, but I think there's always going to need to be, uh, always to have to do, uh, to support our, our core customers, you know, the ones that have our 1250s, 1350s, they need 20, 30, 40 terabytes of usable storage, uh, for their core data center. Uh, I think there's going to need, always be a need for that. Yeah. I would second that, you know, I think there's so much going on, um, with other solutions out there, SaaS solutions and ap different applications that, you know, it's really going to take a lot of bandwidth for especially a lot of that lean IT staff, you know. So the infrastructure being very easy but reliable is always going to be very important. But also, like Alex mentioned, IoT, Edge, you know, that that's something that people are, you know, that's the next buzz term, this Edge, Edge, Edge. Um <laughs> Because there is data being produced uh, at areas it wasn't produced before, whether it's, you know, SCADA systems or remote locations, you know, dark sites, and they need something out there at the edge. They need something reliable on-prem that can do some replication back to the mothership, if you will, to protect the data. But edge is going to be very interesting, uh, again, just with data being processed and analyzed out from areas that aren't your traditional data center. Yeah, I would just extend on that again and get back to the kind of that private cloud concept side. And I think it, you know, just extends into that. And as we've seen, you know, over the years side with it, as the drives get faster and the compute gets faster and the other component sides of it, it only augments the solution better for those workloads that you do need, you know, 
um, localized side of it, but then it still checks those boxes that you look for on the cloud where you don't want to have to have a hypervisor expert on staff side with it. You just, you want them to manage the actual data in the compute, you know, servers themselves, not that infrastructure side. You don't want to have to go deep into that. And it checks all those boxes and it gives you something that's easy to grow with. So I, I think you'll see a lot more, you know, continue to see a drive in high performance and and security around when you do have those local workloads that you can still have a lot of the other benefits that you look for in the cloud still using these on-prems when you need it. So it really checks all those boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I won't look out 10 years. I, that's kind of a long way. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't say it. We'll be retiring all to 10 years. But in the here and now, um, a couple trends we're already seeing is the transition to the cloud is already actually kind of seems to have slowed down quite a bit. And there's several reasons for it. Some of them are security concerns. Some of them are the unknowns, right? You've got all these additional connections that you weren't anticipating. So if you look in the world of shadow IT, you see how all these cloud tools are connecting to other tools and so on and so forth. And it's hard to keep your arms around it. Um, but you're also seeing a high monopolization or monetization is what the word I was really looking for there, where they're starting to add more and more to it. So Kyle kind of mentioned this is nice. I don't have to add in another update to my scale computing rollout. But then when you're looking at cloud, Microsoft's the the epitome of what's going on, right? You start with your Office 365, and then you're looking at Intune, and then you're looking at an Azure, and then you're looking at, and it just keeps going on and on, and now it's Copilot. Um, so there is a lot of reasons where people are starting to pump the brakes and saying, wait a second, I'm not sure everything needs to reside in the cloud now. So the question is, if it's not there, then where is it? Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Robbie, Alex, Todd, and Kyle for joining us today. It's been an amazing conversation. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like and subscribe. If you have a question or you'd like to get in contact with Scale Computing, um, please reach out to us at info at cit-net.com or head out to our website, cit-net.com slash podcast. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode. 